My name is Brandy Kimbrell. Uh, very grateful to have been asked to um, help host the call today alongside my cross-line buddy here, Rob Hurley. Um, I'm direct to Jimmy Spieldinner and very grateful, unbelievably grateful to be so um, and to be part of the Delaney Pridget hierarchy here at Symmetry. Um, if you don't know this by now, um, we're a little biased, but you're kind of part of the best team uh, in all of Symmetry. So uh, you're definitely in the right spot. i uh, got some great shoulders to stand on um, within this group and uh, just love being partnered with everybody here. So grateful to spend this time with you guys. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit today because we've got an influx. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but we have this influx of new people coming in, right? You see the group me, you're monitoring that, you're seeing all these new team members passing their exams. And it's such an exciting and nerve wracking time, right? Everybody take like a second, like if you've been here for a while, take a second and remember what it felt like, right? To be brand new and to not know what on earth you're doing. Cause that was me, like 100%. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I had a really great person to follow and a great team to mimic. Um, but we wanna talk a little bit today about what that felt like for me, what that felt like for Rob, um, what we leveraged, um, getting started, how we leveraged our mentors, um, some of the mindsets that we had coming in and some of the things that we did to correct the mindsets that were not serving us. Um, so hopefully this will be really helpful, not only for the people who are just coming in, but if you feel like you might be a little bit stuck, right? Or if you feel like you may just not have the right mindset about something, hopefully uh, y'all can pull a little something out of what we've got for you today. Um, not just to help you on the production side, but hopefully on the building side too. So with that, I want to go ahead and have Rob unmute and un introduce yourself, Rob, and tell us who you are and and kind of dig into your getting started story a little bit. Sure. Great. Thanks. Um, and I match your excitement about joining you today on the uh, on the collaboration. Uh, my name is Rob Perley. For those that uh, for those that don't know, uh, today I am direct to uh, I am direct to Colin Gillum. And the truth behind that is that I wouldn't be direct to Colin Brandy if I wasn't first direct to a guy named Darren Sowers uh, five and a half years ago, who uh, Darren had the courage to uh, to invite me into the opportunity. I was somebody that we had worked together at a at a previous uh, what we call a practice company. And um, I liked him enough to hear him out. Um, when he basically said you should come in for a Friday afternoon meeting back in May of 2017, which I think that on this call, only you, Mike, and the Jernigans were around back at that at that time. Um, and so over time, I realized that he did really the only thing that he really owed me was that he shared the opportunity with me. Uh, and then uh, Darren didn't last. And so my next upline was a guy named Justin Wilson, who I am also incredibly grateful for um, because Justin had the courage also to just kind of call me on some on some of my bullshit, right? Like he he was the one that was brave enough to be like, I'm gonna say what has to be said um, because that's what he could control. And though I didn't maybe love hearing some of that at the time as the longer I've been here, the more I've appreciated it. Uh, and then, of course, today now direct to Colin Gillum, where, you know, Colin continues to give me the space uh, and the grace to follow my own head and my own heart so that I can 
Um, he, he recognizes that I'm somebody that needs that. And he's been so good at providing that. And so I share that with everybody for two reasons. One, of course, is to express gratitude for those um, that uh, that have been very important to me in my five and a half years here. And I also do that to, uh, to eliminate any excuses uh, to that person that's on this call that thinks that maybe their slow start isn't their fault, but it's their upline's fault. Okay, let me be the example of somebody that's now on my third upline in five and a half years, okay? That that person that invited you into the opportunity, they have already done the only thing they owe you, which is that they shared this opportunity with you, okay? And I had to go through a a little bit of a mental reset at, at different points in my business around that, right? Around understanding what uh, what the responsibility of my mentor was from a minimum standpoint, right? Love that. So that's me, yeah. And then you might add a question, but I forgot what that was. So I figured we can just kind of tag back and forth a little bit about um, how we started, because I would imagine that um, our starts are have a lot of similarities. They may have some differences too, um, but just to be relatable for a few minutes, right? Um, Jimmy shared this opportunity with me as I was pulling up to a night shift as a restaurant manager. We we were in the restaurant business together. Uh, Jimmy was my old general manager, and um, I used to mess with him and, and say that he abandoned me uh, down in Florida uh, and left me there and moved to Asheville, one of the places he'd always wanted to live. <clears throat> and he stumbled across this company after moving up there to to work at another restaurant, knowing that. Uh, knowing that that wasn't the life that he wanted to create anymore. That wasn't the life that he wanted to just happen to him. He wanted to take control. Uh, and he found this opportunity, tried to find where that other shoe was going to drop. And when he found out there was no other shoe, he called me. And um, I was working 50 to 60 hours a week in the restaurant business, making about 50,000 a year. So, I mean, we live a pretty chill lifestyle. 50,000, you know, is comfortable um, for my family. Um, but the money that I was making was costing me too much. And when he, when somebody that I trusted, like Jimmy was telling me that I deserved more time with my family, deserved more time with my kids. I knew that I owed it, owed it to myself to, to just utilize the relational equity that we had created over time and take 20 minutes and watch a video and that him making that call and me not getting in my own way and watching that video change my life. Like it did for a lot of people here, um, whether you're here for the first time or whether you've been here for a while, you made a decision that you were going to take control. Uh, and that's a super scary thing, right? Like I'm going to bet all the chips on me. Uh, and I knew if it was me, I could depend on me. Uh, but coming from the restaurant business, I didn't know Jack about insurance. I didn't own a policy. Uh, I didn't uh, know how to have a conversation with somebody about getting a policy. So it was all very, very new to me. Um, and I, I would imagine where, where, what is it that you were doing, Rob, before you came to symmetry? Yeah. So I was a, I was a college basketball coach for, uh, third, I think 13 years. And then I did work for a practice company for 11 months, uh, before I came here and, um, I was going back through opt, uh, earlier this morning in preparation. So I went back to June of 2017, just to kind of get an idea. I see Jake Davis is on here too. I forgot to say Jake was around back then too. So, um, I went back on opt to take a, uh, just to take a look at the beginning. Um, and I, I, here's a couple of things that I wrote down aside from those applications. I think everybody that comes here, everybody that comes here carries with them these six things. And I know that I had them 
uh, in June of 2017. And I think those six things are fear, frustration, confusion, uh, helplessness, depression, and then anger. Okay. And uh, if I, if I just go back in time and think of, if I just started with those first two, the, the fear, uh, and the frustration, right. Uh, the fear, if I wrote myself a letter five and a half, five and a half years later, that letter would say that thing that you are afraid of is really just failing. Right. And one of the, one of the big, um, you know, growth moments for me here was changing my relationship around failure. Right. And it's something that is uh, it's been a big deal for me. And I just would encourage as many people as possible that they got to get that part right, especially in the beginning. OK, that, uh, you know, failing does not failing does not make you bad. Right. It's, it's actually a precursor. It's a precursor for success. It's a precursor for for growth. Um, and so that that fear of failing and then that frustration of doing something different, one of the things that. Most of us love when we were at another company for a long time was that we could get into a little bit of a routine and some consistency, right? Like we we knew what was we knew what was coming. We knew what happened on Tuesdays. We knew what happened on Fridays, um, and so we start to feel that frustration when things are different. Okay, and I'm certain that there are probably people on this call that are dealing with those two Fs, right? The fear, and then also the the frustration, just because this is something that's new and Guess what? Like you, Brandy, most of us, we come here, we're not very good at this because we've never done it before. Right? Yeah. We just, we just, we aren't good at it because we haven't done it before. And so we got to learn how to give ourselves some space and grace on that um, until our talent uh, catches up with the time that we've put into it. Yeah. There's not many things, Rob, and I hope that a lot of you can agree. There are not a lot of things in my life that I've done for the first time that I kicked ass at. <laughs> like it took me some time, right? It, it It's just, it is the way that it is because it's new. And that's really all that it is. It's just because it's new. I know Brad Smith, a couple of weeks ago on this call, he said, it's not, it's not hard. It's not easy. It's just unfamiliar, right? It's just unfamiliar territory. And trust me, as much of a hot mess as I was when I got here, if I can figure this stuff out, there's a high likelihood that there are a, a number of other people out there on this call right now and people who we haven't even talked to yet that can figure this out, right? Oh. I think the... <laughs> Do you feel the same way? <laughs> Randy, I was, so I was going through the, uh, like, I was going through uh, back to June of 2017 and here's what I, here's what I saw in there. I saw... Uh, a lot of policies on friends and family. And I saw a lot of fully underwritten. <laughs> yeah. I saw a ton of fully underwritten products. Okay. Um, and then, um, and then I saw a lot of policies that are still in the books today. Mm. Okay. So some good, right. Not all crazy. Right. Um, but that's what I saw in the first two or three months. And, and look, I don't know enough about who you were as a producer, but I do know enough about who I was. Okay. And I was somebody that could, that could write between about 10 and 14 applications a month. Always. I was always like that. In the beginning, it was, it was, it was like clients from my past company. It was friends and it was family. Um, but then I went through this phase where I bottomed out because I refused. Uh, I refused to learn the necessary lessons that people have to learn when they come here. Like I came here with an ego. So I was just like, I hear you, Darren, on this 
system. Okay. But, and if I can get in front of people, I'll take care of the rest. Right. And I wanted to do it my way. Right. And so, um, that was a, that was a tough pill to swallow going back through opt just to look at some of that stuff. Cause it's just like, what are you, what were you doing? Yeah. It's where we come from though. Right. Yeah. It's the roots. It's where we come from. It was the, is when we were first starting to develop and we were just, those roots were just sinking into the soil. Right. And a tree can only grow as high as the depth of its roots. Right. So when you go back and you look at things like that, that's why um, it's so good to reflect on where you were when you first got here, because you can see how far you've come. And there's so much more for us to go through, right. To grow through, um, I don't think anybody on this call here is at the top contract of the company yet, right? We're not who we need to be just yet in order to be at the top contract of the company. So we're all a work in progress. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you, Rob, about like in the beginning of this business, you had a little bit of insurance knowledge coming in, I imagine. Was the agency that you were working for, was it captive or was it like symmetry where you had a bunch of carriers? It was it was captive and it was in the Medicare space. Oh, okay. So, you know, some insurance knowledge, but not the whole life term, like universal life. Right. Um, so what are some of the things that you feel like, or maybe some of the pitfalls that you came across that your mentors were able to pull you out of, um, that you could help these folks avoid, like some of the pitfalls in the beginning, maybe the fully underwritten pitfall, um, the doing it your own way pitfall, like where did some things click for you and what did you leverage in order to grow through that? So, um, great question. One of the problems that I had back then is something that I try to communicate as clearly as I possibly can with the folks inside our own team. So those that are on the call that are, that are part of our organization have heard me say this. See, see, one of the downsides, and there are more than one, but one of the downsides when you come here with a little bit of an insurance background is, um, you know, it's no secret that a client acquisition strategy in the insurance space, in the traditional insurance space is friends and family, right? Is friends and family. Um, it's bait and switch. Um, and of course there's, there's some door knocking and some things like that. Right. And um, because of that agents come and go quickly, right? We know that the average lifespan of an insurance agent is about 11 months makes about $30,000. Okay. And one of the things that attracted me to Symmetry was this lead system. People, I don't know about you, Brandy, but they're like, well, do I have to buy leads? It's like, no, you don't have to, you get to. It's what attracted me here was that I wanted to call people back, right? And so, and uh, what I'm trying to get at was I came here from a place of always being desperate and dysfunctional because that's what I was trained in in my 11 months prior to Symmetry. Right. I could make phone calls all week in my cubicle and I couldn't book like I couldn't book eight appointments in a week. I couldn't book 15 appointments in a month. OK, and we used to like always ride with somebody else. It was like, I'll get six if you get six and then we'll have 12 for the week and we'll split the commission and you drive on Monday, but I'll drive on Wednesday. And, um, but there was just this when you got in front of the client because you couldn't get in front of enough of them you would bring this level of desperation to the meeting, okay? And and you started telling yourself these ghost stories that, that all they want is the cheapest thing possible. All they want is the cheapest thing possible. It wasn't until I got here that I started to like appreciate the fact that people, people actually just want value. 
right? Like they, they don't want the cheapest. They just want a reason. They just want reasonable coverage at a fair price. Right. That was something that I wish if I could go back in time again, I would have learned that lesson right up front instead of always trying to get somebody the the cheapest thing possible, because what ended up happening from that, like Brian, Jake, you guys know this, uh, all of a sudden these policies start to get fully underwritten because I think I'm doing them a favor by getting it for the, I think I thought I was doing them a favor by getting it for them at the cheapest price possible. Right. And what, what people don't understand is that, that when you're, when you're building a business and those that have built businesses before know this, I had never done it before. So I didn't know it then. It's just that cash flow is king. Right. And then I can't help more people if I don't have the cash coming in. And so I need to, I need to be writing policies on these. I need to be writing policies in a manner so that the client's getting covered today and I'm getting paid tomorrow so that I can buy leads uh, two days from now. So I can go out and help more people next week. And I can't do that if every policy I'm, if I'm writing these policies for the cheapest, this is a, was a huge lesson for me, the cheapest uh, premium possible, which takes three weeks to issue. And in the meantime, I'm not getting paid, which means I can't get more leads, which means I can't help more people, which means I can't make mistakes, which means it, it's, it's slowing down the, the rate at which I am failing, which means it's slowing down the rate at which I'm learning. So good. So good. And one of the things that Jimmy told me of the million, right, that I still carry with me everywhere is you can't help people if you can't stay in business. Right. Like if you're not here, if you're that statistical insurance agent who sticks around for 11 months, right, that's not a revolving. That's not what I came here for. I can't I didn't come here to be part of that revolving statistic. Right. And sometimes we learn the lessons the hard way. Jimmy was very emphatic with me in the very beginning to steer away from fully underwritten so much so that I got really scared to even educate myself on it because I was afraid that I was going to fall into that pitfall. Right. So being able to leverage my mentor there was super helpful for me um, because he told me the horror stories that he had. Right. That he went through. He went through a similar uh, path that you did. Um, so he was able to help me avoid that pitfall because he, because we connected, we just had this connection where I wasn't afraid to ask him questions. He wasn't afraid to tell me what's up. Um, and we were working really hard alongside each other. Like we locked arms, we were digging, digging, digging. Um, and he was able to help me avoid that. So I can, so we can appreciate that on both sides of the story, right? Um, how to avoid it and, and what not to do uh, in the beginning, I'm sure some other people here have I've tried some fully underwritten and and have been a little bit of a difficult shake for sure. And the client's not covered. And that's the number one thing, right, Rob? Is getting the client covered. Yeah. Yeah. Cost is only an issue in the absence of value, right? So we have to make sure that we're not going in there with our wallets, but going in there to protect the family. That's so good. So how talk about underwriting for a second, because for me, I I again didn't know anything about underwriting or anything. And for me personally. Jimmy kept me so busy that I couldn't even worry about the stuff that I didn't know yet. He's just like, go, 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 go. Like he just kept, I mean, I, cause I, I told him that I wanted to get good fast. I'm like, how do I get good fast? And he said to me very lovingly, how long do you want to suck at this? Yeah. And those of you who know Jimmy know that those words came out of his mouth verbatim. Right. So I said, I don't want to suck for a long time. 
He's like, all right, then do everything that I tell you to do. You may not understand it right now, but that's okay. You don't have to just know that if you do the things that I'm telling you to do, that all of it's going to make sense at some point. And you're going to be out there protecting families, earning an income and learning a ton. Are you down? I said, I'm down. Let's go. So he just kept me ridiculously busy with activity and he never robbed me of the struggles that I needed to have along the way so that I can learn the lessons the right way and learn the things in a concrete way to where I would carry them with me throughout my entire career and utilize that to help other agents. So a big part of that was underwriting. Like, okay, I have all these appointments now, Jimmy, what do I do? Right? So we would go through little game planning sessions because you know, back in the day, guys, us old fogies, we didn't have virtual mentor. Hell, they just started doing e-apps when I first started seven years ago. Just started e-apps, you guys. Right now, if you talk to Brian or Marlon Faulkner or Matt and Brad Smith, they'll tell you stories about how leads used to get faxed to them. Right. And then they used to have to write all paper applications and they used to have to scrub them and make sure they were right. Because if one little checkbox was wrong, then they would have to get the whole app back. They would have to drive out to the client's house and then they would have to either rewrite the whole thing or have them initial and date it and then resend it back in. So it gets better with every generation. Hopefully you're seeing that. Um, so there wasn't a lot of resources as far as underwriting goes. Um, and I feel like that's a big apprehension for some people, right? I mean, can I get some head shakes maybe here? Like, was that a big apprehension? Like, where? okay, now what do I do with them, right? We have all these companies, what do I do? So how did you learn? Like, what was the big thing for you, Rob? The activity that you did, the mindset that you had to just learn by doing instead of sitting around and studying agent guides and stuff like that? Yeah. So a couple of things that good question, a couple of things that jump into mind. Number one, um, I, like you, like, I hope that you're hearing, I hope everybody in here is hearing your um, gratitude and appreciation for this idea from Jimmy of like, trust now, understand later, like just trust now, understand later. And, and, um, so many moments like that myself, both from from Darren uh, during that time, and then especially from Justin Wilson during that time. Um, like to to Justin's credit, he created like a he created a cheat sheet for all of us that we could just have on our phone, which I leveraged the hell out of that because it was, it was like I don't think we had virtual mentor yet. Eventually, that was a, a part of it. But um, but I'll tell you this: see, men especially especially they're just used to every time they ask for help, they get the shit kicked out of them. And so it gets really, really hard, especially for we guys to ask for help. Right. And I was no different. Right. I'm still, look, there are times people on this call are like, if I just want, if I could, like, I could, there are still times when I, I need to talk to Brian or ask him for help. And I'm still hesitant to pick up the phone and like take it to his table because I just know that I was just like, oh man, I'm going to get my teeth kicked in here and I'm not looking forward to that. So I would like that. Unfortunately, that's, that's an issue for us. Right. And so I was the same way. It's like, Justin would be like, well, why didn't you call me from the appointment? And I'd be like, because and the answer is because I didn't want your help, right? It's just like, because my ego, because clearly I was too fragile to ask you for help. And so I wanted to make sure that the client didn't get any. How selfish is that? <laughs> right? Um, so uh, 
like, and it's always just catch 22, right? Because sometimes we hear words like, we hear phrases like 10 minutes of my own time before one minute of my mentor's time. Right. And it's just like, and well, how, how is that? How is that like calling for help in underwriting from the home? Like where, where's the balance on that? Right. Um, so for, for me, I think I, I had a cheat sheet that was on my phone that I leveraged in the underwriting. I made a ton of mistakes, a ton of mistakes. And then I just got comfortable with a couple of carriers. I, I like, I ditched this idea of like, Oh, I'm a broker with access to 30 carriers. And I just put myself in the place. It was like, you know what, for the next six months, I actually just work for America because I'm sick of calling carriers. I want it to be done right here, right now. Um, and if it doesn't get approved on the spot, I'm looking for permission to ask uh, deeper, harder questions. And I found that with America, uh, I remember going through that phase was just like, you know what, I'm just going to work for America for the next six weeks because I want to get it approved on site and get paid in two days. Yeah, absolutely. And those weren't hypothetical cases that you were working through, right? This was you booking appointments. This was you planning out real cases, looking at the different companies. But I, I want you guys to catch that. He only kept with a handful. I still only keep with a handful. If you talk to any agent, I, I feel very confident that I'm able to say this. If you talk to any agent who's got any traction in this business, they're not writing with a bunch of different companies. Who wants to go track down stuff from a bunch of different companies, right? Our core carriers are our core carriers for a reason. They take care of the majority of the clients that we're going to come across. Yeah. They're very simple, yes or no type deal. Right. Um, and then, then get fancy, get fancy later when you, when, when, simplified issue insurance is like unconsciously competent right from that leadership apprenticeship square we talk about when it's unconscious incompetence when you're in the appointment when you're when you're booking the appointment and you know exactly which direction you want to go right then I, I think I didn't write my first universal life until I was like two years in just because I, I didn't, my brain didn't have the capacity to wrap my head around it. It was get the client covered. And if I'm confused, how on earth are they not going to be confused about what's happening in this appointment, right? So keeping to those core carriers and knowing them really well is just so good. And not, not learning the carriers with hypothetical clients, right? Legit real life clients. I remember so back in the day um, when I started, uh, no virtual mentor, right? So I had my core carriers and they're different than they are now a little bit. Uh, and I used to have a stack of whole life applications. I printed them. Um, so, I had a stack of whole life applications, right? And a stack of term applications. And what I would do, the way that I learned how to, how to pregame these really well is I just read through the list of questions that were on the applications, Right. Just reading through the application questions will give you a, a really good insight as to what those clients, what those uh, what those companies are looking for as to what they want to qualify with, because they're all yes or no type deals. Right. It's not like a, there's no black and there's no gray. It's either black or white. It's either yes or no. Right. For a lot of those. So I just and and I held myself accountable, even though I may have known the answer to still read through the application questions. Right. Because that was the only way that I was going to learn. And then if I, if I wasn't clear in the application questions, I was hitting up that agent guide, right? Those agent guides can be, some of them are, are very comprehensive and some of them are not, spoiler alert, right? But you're going to be able to get the answers that you need. So hitting the application first, that was my first stop. 
hitting the agent guide was the second stop. And if I didn't have clarity there, it was a phone call on Monday morning after I was done pre-gaming, right? For doing risk assessments, right? So calling the clients and having, or uh, the clients, calling the carriers and having a good relationship with the underwriting team, that was one of Jimmy's favorite parts was calling them and talking to them and going over cases and and seeing, uh, just getting some clarity around those things. And then once it's here, it's here and you can leverage it and get really quick with your underwriting, especially if you're sticking to the poor carriers. So um, real cases, planning real cases, I think is is really important. Um, any other any other things that you want to talk about as far as production goes? Like as you started, Rob, some of the things that you just maybe belief that you borrowed or um, mindsets that you borrowed from your from your mentorship and the calls and things like that. Like how important was all that to you in your beginning? Yeah. Good question. I think for me, um, you know the uh, the association. There's no way that I there's no way that I stayed in business if we didn't have. Um, and we look, we've gotten away from it uh, here. Like we, the Friday, the Friday dial team. Something as a company, we got to figure this out because some of us are getting away from dial teams because of Razor Ridge and speed the lead and and all that stuff. Um, but there was ma- there was magic. There was magic in the Friday dial team for me because the the people in that room, uh, the people in that room in Columbus, Ohio in 2018 and 2019 and 2000, like the people in that room, it was just like uh, Mike Block, Justin Wilson, uh, Travis Clark, just those three alone. It was five apps for 5,000 or eight apps for 8,000 or 12 apps for 12,000, right? Like those three could put some serious numbers up on the board. And then I would sit in that room and I would be like three apps for 3,100, you know, every now and again, you, every now and again, I'd get a week that was kind of like theirs. Um, and borrowed their belief or stole it like right from underneath them. I don't know, but I would sit in there and I would just be like, I would just be like, I'm going to figure this thing out. Right. Because I just had these examples every Friday of people in my in my life that I was sharing the space with that were getting the results that I was after, you know, and it was just, uh, it wasn't like, I didn't have to have my own evidence to believe that it could happen. I had the evidence of them that helped me believe that it could happen. Yeah. And that can freeze you, right. That can freeze you in your tracks. If you don't have the belief behind you being the right person to help the client, um, you don't, like I said, I, I was writing apps on people and I didn't really know what I was doing in the beginning. Like, this is where Jimmy told me to go. This is the company that he told me to go to. So I borrowed that belief every time from him until I had a concrete belief of my own. Right. Um, so did you ever, um, I know one of the things that was really helpful for me and I, I, I feel like we don't talk about it a lot, but did you ever call from the home, Rob? Did you ever call your uplines like right after you explained the different, um, the different types of mortgage protection before you were going to go into options, just making that pause and hitting that quick call, call to your upline. Did you do that a lot? I bet I, I have no proof of this, but I, I would knowing me as I know me that the, uh, frequency at which I called my uplines in the home was in direct correlation to how desperate I was to make a sale. 
Oh, okay. Right? I, I bet, Brandy, that if like if I was in those, one of those seasons where like the cash flow was good, uh, knowing me, I probably would have been like moving on next. And when I was hurting, and I was just like, I got to I got to get this, 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 this week, I got, then I'd be more willing to call and ask for help. Just if I had to, I can't prove that, but knowing me, I bet that that's how I was. Um, and now in our, like, we got language around it, right? Travis, I don't know if Travis is on here, but like, he called me last week. And when he, when he called Brandy, he's in the home. And, you know, me, as soon as I see he's calling, I answer it in a way that's probably inappropriate, right? I'm just like, you know, whatever. We've worked together for a long time. And uh, I answer it and he says, yeah, calling for a risk assessment. And I was just like, oh, he's, he's in the home, right? And that's, right. so that's kind of our language in our agency. It's just like, if you're going to call, let's just start when I, when I or Monica or Hannah or if, when we answer the phone, let's just start right off the get go with, hey, I'm calling for a risk assessment with this voice. That says, so that the uh, we want the client to feel, we want the client's experience to be like, hey, hey, Brandy, just real quick, I need to call one of our chief, uh, I need to call one of our chief field underwriters just to confirm something. Just give me a second. Yeah. And then you want you're watching me make this phone call, or you're, or I'm gonna put you on hold, I guess. However, they're doing this on the phone, and then yeah. it's just like you know, you're gonna call and just start with that very professional question. Yeah. Right? And so that was, that was something that I did not enough of, and it's something that we try to do a better job uh, inside the agency now. That's so good. That's so good. So <laughs> with the relationship that I had with Jimmy coming into this business, it was non-negotiable <laughs> for me in the beginning. Like Jimmy was going to get on me if I walked out of the home and I wasn't sure what to do and I didn't leverage him um, in the home. So I, I learned my lesson very quickly um, to always call him. We had this routine where I would, and this was back, I think he must have been just an AO when he started, uh, when I started. Um, but, but he was running like crazy. Like he was still out in the field all the time. He was scheduling interviews in between appointments, like on Mondays and Tuesdays. And that man was not just in the field on Mondays and Tuesdays, like his schedule was crazy, but he knew that I was doing all the right things. So he always had time for me hmm. because he knew that the time that we were spending together was a good investment on his part. Cause he told me, he said, Brandy, I don't make dimes unless I show you how to make dollars. So let's make all of this time very profitable. So as long as you're doing the things, then you tell me, you, you tell me you need me and I'm there for you. And I may not give you the answer. So don't be frustrated if I don't give you the answer. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you where to find it. Right. So that you know where to find it. Uh, and when it came from uh, to calling from the home, we had our little system set up just like you did. And I would text him and Brian Delaney. Those were my two go to's when I first started. Um, I would text Brian and Jimmy and I would just say in the home. So if I got into a home and I was sitting in an appointment, they knew that if I was calling either one of them in the next 30 to 45 minutes, that that's what I was calling for. That I was at a point where I've already had a good conversation with the client. We've talked about health. I've asked the questions I know to ask because I certainly didn't know all the questions to ask. Um, I knew enough information about their health. I knew enough information about their situation, what it is that they were looking for the coverage to do. We've dug into the emotion a little bit and that we're fixing to go over some options. And before we do that, 
I'm going to call my senior underwriter real quick. I didn't stop the conversation. I just let them know, okay, great. I think I'm at a point now where we can reach out to the senior underwriter just to make sure we're headed in the right direction. And then you're picking up the phone. So as I've got new agents on the team, uh, you know, calling and uh, being in appointments, uh, we just have them do a, a three-way call because we want, I mean, if we have an opportunity for that client, potential client to hear the conversation that, you know, we're having as, as underwriters, then that's great. That's great because then I get a chance to ask them extra questions, like those extra levels of questions when it comes to a heart attack. Like if you don't know the time frame that you need to know, that's okay. Your mentor will fill in those holes for you. If they're a diabetic and you weren't sure what the clarifying questions were about diabetes to help them get covered, your mentor is going to fill the holes for you, right? To make sure that you're headed the right direction. And they're also going to make sure that the why is strong enough, right? One of the things that I thought was the most valuable in that, not just the underwriting part, but allowing the client to hear me, Rob, tell Jimmy why they wanted the coverage. Big deal. Big deal. Right? You're giving it, you're taking it outside of them and you're saying these words out loud. And then over the phone, you can just say, Rob, the reason that you're looking for this coverage, did I cover everything? Did I miss anything there for you or you in agreement there? Yeah. One of the things that there's a couple of things on this topic, I think it's important is that number one. So here's some of the things that we've seen that are problems. Okay. Some of the, some of the things that I've seen that are mistakes. One of them is this idea of, I don't want to call. I don't want to call from the appointment because I don't know if it's ego. Like I'm afraid of the way it's going to make me look in front of the client. Like I've had plenty of men, by the way, that this has been a problem where they're just like, uh, okay, so Brandy, so here's, look, I got to do a little bit more research on this. And so why don't we reschedule, why don't we circle back and reschedule this appointment in two days or tomorrow? And then they would call me and they'd be like, yeah, I had this meeting, but I didn't know the answer. So I rescheduled them for 48 hours. And it would just be like, what? Why? You know, I like, I wanted to reach you the phone sometimes and just be like, are you out of your mind? Right? Like, why'd you do that? Okay. So that was, that was one. Another one that and I think that, you know, looking at some of the other, like Amanda and Jake, and you guys that have been around can, can appreciate this. We don't, we don't mind when you call with questions that you need us for. It's the times when it's a, like, it's it's the third or fourth time I'm saying this. For, I'm saying this for the for any leader that's on here that's got that person on their team that's on this call, and they're like they call me all the damn time, and I just want to tell them like, yo, you've already asked me that three times. You need to start learning some of these lessons. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, it's like that that will always be a that will always be a sticky point. Do we still want you to call from the home? Yeah, we do. But just remember that. You train us how to treat you. Mm. Tra- train me how to treat you. And if we're doing, if we're going through the same thing on the third or the fourth loop around, you're you're training me. You're training me that when I see that phone call coming in to be like, Ugh. right, yeah. right. And so, and so, just to just to kind of keep that, I guess, in the back of those are a couple things that leap off to me. Yeah, it's so good. That's so good. The other thing that I'll share about about calling from the home in the beginning is through the process of your licensing, 
and getting your credentials and doing intern dials and pre-gaming appointments, like you've developed this professional relationship that's on the brink of a personal relationship as well with the person who brought you into this business, with your team, with the people that you're working with, right? When I called from the home, just sometimes hearing Jimmy's voice helped me increase that belief because sometimes my belief levels were a little rocky when I was in the meeting because I had these extra questions or because I wasn't feeling good about like, oh, I'm second guessing myself. What's going on? You know, like I start questioning things that I'm doing and just sometimes hearing Jimmy's voice calmed me down, like brought me down to a place where I'm in the right spot. I'm helping this client, no matter what I do, if I get them covered, I'm helping them. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was just hearing his voice allowed me to believe in myself to a point where I can get the family protected the best I could and get out of there with an application. If I found something better for them after the fact, so be it. I'll call them back and they'll be thrilled. Yeah. Right. But it just gave me this, I don't know, this confidence that I needed um, to make sure that I was walking out of there with an application and the client was protected. So I, I guess with that, if you don't have some type of system in place um, where you're able to call your mentor from the home, I would encourage that you get with them on that and do that. I don't think we talk about that enough, um, but it's something that was instrumental in the development that I had uh, in the beginning. And sometimes, Rob, Sometimes I would even do it uh, with sideline people just when I felt like there was a little bit of resistance from the client. Like maybe I felt like I was missing something. Sometimes I'd call up like Trey and I'd be like, hey, Trey, I'm in the home. <laughs> and I would just talk about it a little bit so that I can see if I was missing anything with the client, like re-saying their why, right? To somebody else on the phone. Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it just pushed it to where it needed to go. I don't and know I what it that, was. And I think that maybe we don't talk about it enough. Maybe we don't talk about it as much anymore because the truth is, is that doing it face-to-face -face as we used to do it is a hell of a lot different than the way it is now, just to be really clear. Like you, yeah. you right now could be texting somebody and I would have absolutely no idea, <laughs> right? Because I can't see your hands in this moment, okay? It's not like it used to be, right? Where you'd be sitting at their house where you literally couldn't communicate with somebody else without letting them like... It's like letting them read your mail. You're doing it right in front of them. Like you're, you're texting or calling. So you had to be able to communicate around that in 2020, soon to be 2023. Uh, it's just, it's different because it's just so much easier. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, and the other thing I would say on this topic, and, and then we could probably uh, move on is just that um, even Hannah, you know, she was like what the number four writer out of 5,600 in 2021 will still from the appointment from time to time text and her text to me is just underwriting which is just code for i got something cooking and i might need a little bit of help so good and if so she my my play on that is always that if she can still do it what's your excuse why you can't yeah you know yeah we're there for the client they need us they need us to take our ego out of it so that we can help get them protected. It's so good. So good. All right. So, uh, so that's on the, that's on the production side, right? So putting all of those things aside and 
being busy, staying busy, getting in front of clients. I assure you, if you don't feel like you know what you're doing, you got a license. You already know a hell of a lot more than they do, right? So get out there, have the conversations, link arms with your mentor and get out there and help these families. Um, what about on the building side? We got like about 15 minutes left. So um, I don't know about you, Rob, but I came here because I did not want my money to be tied to my feet all the time. I wanted to be able to build a business in a way that I was going to create a legacy for my family. Um, and I, truth be told, I wanted to be in business with Jimmy. I, I, he's a pretty attractive dude. And and I'm like, yeah, man, let's do life together. Let's do this. Um, so I, again, it was non-negotiable <laughs> that I started building early um, because if I told Jimmy what I wanted, then he was going to make sure that the actions that were attached to that were non-negotiable. So um, even though I didn't know much about what I was doing, I started recruiting very early because I know that when I go out and I protect the family, I can get paid in two days, but it may take some time to create the relationships with the right people to build an agency. So what were some of the ways that you leveraged the system and leveraged your mentor, Rob, as you started to get to get building so that you didn't have to know it all before you started building a team? And so I'm an awful example. I'm an awful example of it because I didn't I didn't start building until almost a year uh, a year into uh, into being here. Um, it, it's it's um, you know the company line on this is everybody would say that they wish they would have started building sooner, right? Uh, I think I would say on that is that I wish I was I wish that I'd have been more confident and had stronger belief sooner and then i would have started building sooner okay but the other part of that brandy something i said to our team about six weeks ago i was like look having a team is putting an insurance policy on your insurance business it's putting an insurance policy on your insurance business and if you're sitting down with the families talking to them about protecting their income about protecting their people i would tell you you're selling it but you're not smoking it if you're not building, if you're not building, you're selling it, but you're not smoking it. You're yeah. sitting there and you're telling people about the importance of legacy, about the importance of protecting income, about the, the importance of, of putting something in place to protect their people. And then you're running your business in a manner that you're not putting something in place that protects you, your business and your people. Mm. You know, Brandy's heart is overflowing with gratitude because Jimmy was able to share this opportunity with her. You just heard her say that at the end of the day, she just wanted to be in business with Jimmy. And Jimmy put an insurance policy on his insurance business. Mm -hmm. Like there's just too many examples. Like we're past the whole phase in this company where we can be like, well, you could build because it is possible that someday something bad could happen. What? Like yeah. we've, we've got scar tissue around something bad happening. Right. Yeah. And so every time that we're out there, it's just, and if we're not, if we're not building, it's just like, you're, you're selling it, but you're not smoking it, you know? And so and so what does that look like? It's like, you got to be able to do a couple of things. You got to be able to, you have to use in, use in Sicily's language around I am, right? For those that are in Denver, Sicily used language about I am, I am selling and generating revenue consistently. You have to be able to do that so that the number, the second thing is, is that I am a story of credibility. 
right? I am a story of credibility because I am selling and generating revenue consistently. I am a recruiter consistently. And then the last one is that I'm trusting the system to reach my goals. Yeah. Right. Where Brian said last week, it's about metrics plus mentorship in order to hit milestones. Right. And so it's like the, for me around building, it's always just like, I want you to build as fast as humanly possible because I, because I know the value in it. And I know that there's people around you that you can leverage and lean on. Um, but the other part of that philosophically is that we talked at the beginning of this call about how most of us, when we come here, we're not very good at production because we've never done it before. And there's a learning curve to that. Well, here's the thing. Most of us aren't very good at building because we've never done that before either. Imagine that. Yeah. And so it's just like, do you want to go through your freshman year in production and then have a freshman year in building? Or would you rather take all those classes in that first year to get it out of the way? Because mm -hmm. you have to go through that at some point. You're going to have to learn how to do it wrong before you learn how to do it right. Yeah. We get people on our team. I'm watching them. It's like, you're doing it wrong. That's okay. You got to learn how to do it wrong. Okay. But, but that's on the way to figuring out how to do it right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, that would be my message on that is you, you're, you're going to, you're just people, the mistake that people make is they're like, well, I'm going to figure this, I'm going to figure this out. And then I'm going to start building. You forgot something. You're going to figure this out. Then you're going to have to figure out building. People are like, well, I'll just figure that part out. And then once I have that, I'll just turn on the building light switch. Yeah. What? No, you got to screw that up too. You got to make a ton <laughs> of mistakes in that area. You got to throw up all over your friends and family. You got to turn first interviews into 25 minute conversations. You got to, you got to get a guy or you got to get a girl and you got to have this stance where you're a beggar instead of a builder. You got to go through all that crap of screwing it up before you finally learn that like, wow, just like, I'm never going to do that again. Never again moment because yeah. I learned a lesson from that. Yeah. Right. And so I think that that's part of the conversation too, is sometimes when people miss that, Oh, I'm going to figure it out first and then mm -hmm. I'm going to build. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. And what you focus on grows, right? So if you're focusing on production, you're in that growth mindset, focusing on the building can be just as, uh, just as important at that time. Like Rob said, doing it, simultaneously, you're going to get yourself into some good habits because here's what happens is if you come in here and you focus on that production for a year, guess what happens? You stay focused on production a lot of times. And then all of a sudden you're a great producer, but you really don't have a lot of time for building because you're like addicted to producing. Like you want to produce, you need to write more business. You want to sit with more clients, right? You like those leaderboards, Right. I'm I'm very happy for everyone who is on the leaderboard as far as it comes to production. But that's a phase, right? That should be a phase if you came here to build a business. If you came here to be a built to be a producer, rock it out. Like do your thing. Like symmetry is not, you know, they don't steer you into one thing or another. Do we want you to build a team? Yes, because we know how how awesome it is to have that legacy behind you and how cool it is to do some of the things that we get to do as leaders and how we get to develop here. But if you came here to be a producer, go on with your bad self, right? Rock it out. It's a great place to do it. But if you came here to be a built up to, to, to build a business, don't wait until you get good at it. Wait until you 
if you wait until you get good at it, then building a business will be secondary instead of primary. Right. And it's kind of selfish too, if you think about it, because then there are people that are in your world and people who are out there that they can connect with you that you don't get to share this opportunity with. Cause you know what happened is when I started building immediately because Jimmy told me to right? non-negotiable. I didn't know how to train them, but you know what he did. And he didn't want my business to not grow just because I didn't know what I was doing. So he said, don't you worry about it, girl. I said, listen, we'll find them. We're going to do first interviews together until you can do them, which was only like eight or 10. First interviews are, are a very simple process, right? Um, and then we did second interviews together until I felt good about doing second interviews and same thing with thirds. Then I started taking them all over and then I would plug them into Jimmy and Jimmy would help them get started. And then all I had to do this, this was something that Jimmy drilled into my set head. He said, Brandy, you have got to be an example I can point to. That's all I need from you. When it comes to starting building this business, I'm going to train them right alongside you because y'all are learning the same stuff. We're going to find you a running buddy right? We're going to find you a running buddy. Some of those people aren't here anymore, but that's okay. It wasn't for them. That, that's all right. But they helped me get every promotion. I The only promotions that I got on my own pen was the first one. Every other one after that was because we started building really early and I trusted Jimmy. I acted as I trusted, right? And he was able to help me build a business, even though I didn't know what the hell I was doing just like in production. <laughs> I think I knew less about building than I did about production. Um, but he was able to help me. He was able to help train me as finding people, right? Just like we're not going to pregame fictitious appointments. We're not going to train fictitious agents, right? So get out there and get that activity and just share the opportunity um, of who we are. If a builder is what you came here to be. And trust me, if you go to your mentor and say, Hey, I'm ready to start building my business. As long as you show up and you do the things that need to be done in order to do it, they're going to be there for you. They're not going to leave you out to dry. And if they do go upwards, go upwards, right? Don't let them determine your success or your failure on the building side. If you don't feel like you're getting what you need there, go up and find what it is that you need so that you can create your own circumstances. Um, whew, okay. Sorry. I get fired up. Dang, dude, get fired up. Hmm on these types of calls. Any, um, we got a couple minutes left and I want to be respectful of everyone's time. We got all kinds of money on the line out there, you guys. I hope you're digging in and doubling down uh, and getting uh, getting those cash, Christmas cash bonuses. Um, any final thoughts, Rob, from you for the team today before we rock it out? Um, I think any, any, uh anything for me just kind of wrapping it up is, you know, this time of year, I think I was talking with, um, uh, Jody, uh, Matney last week, we were having, uh, um, we were having a conversation around seasons. Okay. And I think that, um, just around building anybody that's, uh, anybody that wants to build. Okay. Uh, there is no, better time than January and February for those things to happen. Just, and the company has set up so many of their things around this calendar going back 13 years. But um, if I, if I want to get serious about building, I want to use the rest of December as a time to get my systems tight and right uh, to get my schedule uh, tight and right 
so that I can hit the ground in January and February with a with a, with a schedule and a system that I believe in, with a skill set that's growing, so that in the two months of the year when most people that are looking are as interested in moving on as they will be, because they're getting ready to start another year at that same company and they're just not fired up about another another trip around the sun working for that manager or working in that office. This is the time when people are thinking about a new year, a new them, that type of thing. Uh, January and February is a big season um, for all of us to be thinking about putting together our next team so that when we get to March 1st, we can start, we can, we can go in season from a production standpoint, uh, March 1st to, through Memorial Day weekend, that 90 days of, of here we go, new season, new team, going after promotions, going to make things happen. Uh, we get to June 1st and we say, we lift our head up, we take our promotions, we take our increase in compensation, we take that pride about making um, making growth, right? Like I've heard Brian say before, it's the missing of goals that, that uh, busts up more people here than anything else. It's the falling short. Um, and then we go into June and July where Brandon and Casey set up a national conference and we recruit to it. We recruit to this event. Right. And we get people to join us at those type of things. We spend the summer building our next team. And then we come back from a conference, we catch our breath and we go from Labor Day to Thanksgiving and we push again. You know, and understanding in season versus out of season, what a season looks like, what a season doesn't look like. Um, that would be that would be something that if I was talking to everybody, we're kind of coming to the end of of that season. Right. You've heard some of us talk about this on the calls in the last couple of months. Some of the things that we aren't sure about yet, we're going to figure those out in January and February. Uh, around Razor Ridge, around FIFs, the time to figure that stuff out wasn't October, November, December. The time to work, that was the time to work and to push. Mm -hmm. We're coming up on the end of that season. And so we got to be getting ourselves ready for the next one. Okay, which is January and February is when you hire your next team so that when it's time to go again in March, you've got a new group to do new things. And I would just encourage people, especially if you're in the building, that you've got eight to 10 weeks to start to put together a new team for a new season that'll kick off in the spring. Planting seeds. Planting seeds. So good, Rob. Appreciate you so much. It's so good. Um, yes, State of the Union. Thank you, Mike. Uh, State of the Union on Wednesday. That's a that's a non-negotiable, right? Planning everything around that and get everybody on that call that you can. Um, what I'm going to say, guys, is um, I'll leave you with another another Jimmyism, and I may be re I may be preaching to the choir when I say this. Um, you're here on this call because you were looking for something, you know, maybe it was association, maybe you were excited to hear, um, you know, what we had to say today so you can implement it in your business, whatever it is. Maybe you did it just because, you know, you feel obligated to be on these calls. Hopefully you're taking some value with you and adding it into your business. Um, we like to make sure that there are some action steps, right? Well, Rob just talked about, make sure that you're evaluating your goals now right? Because January 1 isn't the time to do it. <laughs> Brian just did a great, uh, just did a great session with us a couple weeks ago, which I'm sure the recording is out there on Vimeo, um, to be able to go back and look at a goal setting session. Notice that that goal setting session wasn't like one month or one week, right? That was three months running, three months running and rotating and modifying and things like that. So um, as an action step, if you haven't had a chance to do that, do it. 
take a look at it. I mean, you, you can't just kind of, uh, flow through this business and let it happen to you. Right. Um, and be patient as you guys are getting started. If you're doing something new, be patient with yourself, be patient with your mentor, um, get on these calls because, and, and get other people on these calls, make sure your team's on these calls. When I log into my call, spoiler alert for the Kimberl master agency, I always look to see who's on here, right? Because I want to know who's tuning in. I want to know who's leveraging the system. I want to know what type of things that they're hearing so that I can discuss those things with them, right? And if you're not texting your mentor after the calls, letting them know what kind of value you're getting out of it, I think you're missing out too. Um, but get on these calls because Jimmy told me that tuning into these calls doesn't cost you anything. Like physically, it doesn't cost you anything except your time, but it could cost you in the long run because you never know when you're going to hear something on these calls that's going to make a $10,000 difference in your business, right? So now I got FOMO, right? I tune into all the calls. I'm in on everything because I never know when I'm going to hear something or maybe it's just something clicks for the first time, right? Spend your time on these calls and make sure that you're going back through your notes and stuff and jamming with your upline on them um, so that you can help get a little bit better every single day. So Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. And, and just real quick, I do want to say thank you to everyone who's ever hosted a conference call. Um, whether it be a company call, this type of call, phone team, anything, such valuable time, such valuable time. And I know that it takes time to plan these calls. I've done quite a few of them myself. Um, and all we're wanting from you is to get something from this when you tune into these things. And I have gotten a ton from so many people who have ran these calls all over the company. And I just wanna say from, from me and my agency, thank you so much for all the hard work that you put into um, putting on these calls and adding value in a, in a really great format. Um, and also to Mike and Katie and Mary, keeping us up to date with everything, getting us recordings of things so we can listen to them over and over and share with our uplines, um, managing Vimeo, just such amazing people that we have here. So. With that, 102, we did it. 102, we did it-ish. Uh, love you guys. Have an amazing week. Go out, you, get, go out there and protect those families and get that Christmas cash, okay? Mwah. We'll see ya. <laughs>